0: there it
1: is <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to the sober Swirl podcast my name is jake howard
0: and i go by dj swirl
1: chocolate and vanilla swirl-er. what's up everyone and before we get introduced to our excellent guest this evening i have to give a shout out to royalty nutrition that's royaltynutrition.com and to help me out with that as always here is warhorse hey it's Warhorse! Do you want your workouts to look like this? Or do you want your workouts to slay? When Warhorse picks his pre workout, he wants it to slay! If you want second place, Go with somebody else. If you want to be a champion, go with Royalty Nutrition. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Royalty Nutrition is a veteran-owned and operated supplement company that doesn't automatically use the cheapest ingredients possible while making their supplements for you. Check them out and use the discount code 37HAKE to save you 15% on your entire order. My next shout out of the evening will be to Gorilla Gains. That's gorilla-gains with the z.com They are a fitness apparel company that you can wear comfortably in and out of the gym. They also make great equipment that helps keep you safe while you train. Use the discount code Jake15 to save you 50% on your entire order. DJ Squirrel, tell them about the buy-to-buy empire.
0: If you uh, find yourself shopping in-store or online and you don't have the time towing Or the muscle to move it, give us a call at buy to buy. That is B-U-Y-T-O-B-Y-E. We give you peace of mind from the time you buy until the time we say goodbye. That's with on-demand delivery, moving, staging, TV mounting, and assembly. This is the content creation side of the business. This is Buy to Buy Studios. We do creative consulting, remote content creation, and post-production. So if you have an idea for a show, or if you have already a brand that you would like to elevate, hit us up, let us know. High quality low stress always remote controlled jake who we got tonight
1: ladies and gentlemen tonight on the show we have dr megan johnson mckella owner of everybody's fit in oceanside california she is an elite nasm trainer master trainer pardon me she's a world champion natural bodybuilder fitness model and author of six books with two more on the way she has an app called fit pace for persons in addiction recovery for using fitness in the program she holds a ma in physical education and health science and is certified from the national academy certified from the national academy of sports medicine (laughs) and the national exercise and sports trainers association a certified group exercise instructor by the aerobics and fitness association of america in aqua cycle yoga and zumba she is a corrective exercise specialist drug and alcohol recovery fitness specialist fitness, nutrition specialist, senior fitness specialist, wellness coach, lifestyle and weight mesh <laughs> management specialist. Good God, you kicked my certifications right in the damn teeth. <laughs> I've been training and coaching for a long time. You just got me just handled over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you reached out after I did, uh, my friend Heather's wellness Wednesday uh-huh. and, um, you're like I would love to talk about my app. So, I downloaded it and I was messing around with it and I really enjoy it. Um how did you come up with this idea to get this app put together?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for having me tonight. And so I have I did my research study for my dissertation on the influence of exercise on alcohol use disorder. And from it, I was able to develop the PACE method, which is called proactive awareness controlling excess. So we know the benefits of exercise for substance abuse, recovery, and addiction, and for the general population. But we also know that one addiction can be replaced with another. So it's about controlling the excess and using exercise in a healthy and um, proactive way before it becomes just another form of replacement therapy. Um, There currently is not a diagnosis for exercise addiction, but we know very well that once we put down, you know, persons with addictive behaviors can easily just put down one and pick up another. And so my app incorporates all of the different themes that I found for my study um, where you can connect with other users, which is kind of like that NAAA group meeting, or you can just, you know, work out on your own. It's a, um, you know, it's a structured program tailored to what your exercise goals are and needs are based on your level or if you want to... Um, gain strength or if you want to lose weight or if you want to do a little bit of both. So right now, um, the app is available for anyone in recovery who wants to incorporate exercise as a tool, not to replace any other form of therapy, but to complement it. And then, um, the general population can use it too.
1: Yeah. So, um, how did you go about developing it? Was this, um, well, your exercise portion is this stuff that you'd already written out or is or is this all based on your pace method the workouts that you worked in
2: well the workouts are based on uh, the opt model which goes back to nasm so you have the different um phases of training so you have endurance then you have strength and then you have power so there's kind of four to six week training Periodization that goes on, and the app is kind of designed in that way. Like you wouldn't know that that's taking place, but from the beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels, the sets and repetition, and um, the amount of weight you use would vary based on um, what stage or your what your fitness level is. And then there's different modifications you can do too, based on you know everyone's got aches and pains and different uh, needs for different accommodations.
1: That's excellent. No, I, I was, I was, I was looking at this and I really, I'm not, I never got looked into developing an app myself, but this is, I like this a lot. I like your form, your, your layout and your format. It's really, uh, I think it's really easy for people to use. Um,
2: it's, it's really easy. And also from my study, you know, we know that exercise influences your mood. And so it does to like it, you track every time you log in, you say how you're feeling. Every time you log in, you say, "Are you sober today?" So then you can see um, the statistics and like a visual repre- representation of your progress, right? Like if you know that you have to be accountable to saying, "Okay, I'm sober today and I'm going to exercise," then it's something that uses you that you use to sustain, you know, maintain and hopefully terminate whatever substance that you're using. So that's the point. And I mean, because exercise influences how you feel, maybe you log in and say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, your mood is poor. Right. But then by the end of the workout, hopefully it has improved.
1: Okay. Well, it's, um, you brought up, uh, trading addictions. That was one Uh of our first episodes that we did because, um, I've said for a long time that bodybuilding saved my life. Um, because when I finally had my, uh, my come to God moment and I finally looked at myself in the mirror and I was like well over 300 pounds and I'm not a tall man. So I was a ball. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I, I, in a way definitely traded, traded my addictions and, um, it really drove me into my career in coaching actually, but I can definitely see where Um, the obsession can go a little bit too far. How do you you manage that within yourself?
2: Well, I am the daughter of an alcoholic, so I definitely have the gene. Uh, My mother passed away. I mean, she was powerless to the disease. And so I definitely don't do anything in my life in moderation it's all about excess you can see all of my accomplishments and achievements right so i've propelled everything into what could be deemed as a healthy outlet right but even something like bodybuilding can become unhealthy when there's certain criteria for diagnosis if you are let's say an alcoholic or addicted to a substance right but that same criteria can very well apply to exercise it's just considered a behavior not like the only behavior that has a diagnosis is gambling but I mean you can become addicted to anything I mean you could become addicted to knitting and so let's so if you're injured and you're continuing to Work out or train despite that injury, if you're taking time away from you know your loved ones or relationships, if it's interfering with uh, your personal life in that way um, there's different things you know if you're taking t- you know taking um, time away from like you take time to arrange and schedule and prioritize and get to all these classes and all these training sessions. So it kind of manifests and it becomes more and more and more. So it's like someone who starts out on the treadmill at 10 minutes, then in two weeks they're up to 45 and then it just keeps going. And then it's like, it's just like you come to this place in an addict's mind where you say that you can do something in moderation but it reaches excess. So now you're, you're, you're pounding the treadmill for two hours, five days a week, maybe six days, and it just goes on and increases and then to a point where it gets out of hand and you no longer enjoy it. And that's the part where it's like, if most you know alcoholics and people who, their drug choices is like, they don't even enjoy it anymore. It's just something that they have to do to get that release and those endorphins and that high. But you can see that just because exercise is a natural high, it can still become harmful to your physically and mentally.
1: I know. I don't really know too much about into uh, the functional fitness world or really powerlifters and things, but I know that um, in bodybuilding, especially a lot of body dysmorphia comes about. And Mm -hmm.
2: um.
1: That's something that I really did struggle with as I really slowed down, um, and settled into my, uh, my husband and father role and took my foot off the gas for a while. Uh So is that, and I I know a lot of people really, really struggle with it and it leads to a lot of adverse health effects versus something that was supposed to be so, so healthy. How would you, how would you help somebody get over? like a body dysmorphia in the like the addiction sense?
2: Well, most of the, for the clients that I train, I really, um, I, I'm all about lifestyle change. And so bodybuilding is part of my lifestyle where I'm not really doing this like up and down, like this cycling through this like bulking and gaining and losing weight. Um, it's part of, you know, for me, I'm always clean eating and I'm always training. So I don't go through this, like up and down roller coaster because food is a drug too. And so that's where it starts to mess with you. When you say, you know, um, you're bulking, well, now you're in this, like, eat whatever I want. Um, you know, An excessive amount of calorie intake. And then suddenly you go, okay, well, now I'm going to make my cut and I'm going to be in prep for six weeks. And so, like, you're messing with your head a lot, too. And so, what happens then is that you step on the scale, you see the numbers change, right? And then you look in the mirror and you see your body change. And when you are stage ready, that lean, low percentage of body fat um, and just you know the way that you look, your symmetry, and all that—that that is only temporary. That is not mm-hmm. healthy to maintain 24/7. And so I have to teach that there's like a stage body and there's a day-to-day body, right? And what's healthy for you? What's um, a healthy level of body fat? What's a healthy level so that your body can function and perform for you? Otherwise, you know, all you're doing is you're just you're asking your body to do more than it can with very little fuel and very little energy. And eventually you're going to burn out and eventually you're going to get hurt and then you can't do it at all. And then the dysmorphia really comes in when you can't even exercise. And then you look in the mirror and see your body that way. So it's all about lifestyle change to me. Um, I really, I'm grateful and thankful for those clients who really take on a journey with me. It's not like a 30 day, you know, experience or 21 day fix. It's about how I become part of your life and a connection and something that you look forward to coming to, you know, a couple, three days a week um, versus like, I, that's why I actually like, don't really train people for bodybuilding because I, I, I mean, I, I would have to say that maybe I see myself as um I never say you know so when someone meets me I always you know I don't expect you to be doing what I'm doing and I make that clear and but I can relate to my clients because um if I wasn't if I didn't have a coach with um accountability and with like a nutrition plan and so forth I mean I would I just I'm a coach's daughter. So I really thrive off of having a coach in my life because I used to eat healthy and clean eat and all that and be a trainer and work out. But it's like, you're not supposed to have the whole bag of almonds. Like I had no portion control because all I did was work out all day. Right. So I'm like hungry, but there's like healthy, you know, and understanding what your body needs and the fuel and the timing and all of it is very different. So. Mm-hmm. um I don't expect my clients to do what I'm doing, but I can relate to them because if given the slightest opportunity, because I don't do anything in moderation, you put the pizza in front of me, I'm going to eat the pizza. Don't ask me to have one or two slices. I don't roll that way. So I'm very all or nothing. Um, And that's why bodybuilding is kind of part of who I am because I'm all in it all the time.
1: I so, I have, I like I, so I don't
2: have so I don't have body dysmorphia because I'm not doing this. Um, I like what I see in the mirror all the time.
1: I like that. So um, your your studio is in Ocean, o, Ocean Your studio is in Oceanside, California. Right. How did how did you come about becoming the number one trainer out there?
2: Well. I started from the ground up like anybody else would. I just um, stuck it out, right? I'm in it for the long haul. And um, at first, when I opened my business, it was a huge risk, right? And you're you're in the black. You're not making money at first. I mean, I used to look out the window and just hope that somebody would walk in and sign up. Um, I used to walk flyers in the neighborhood and then, like, put them in the mailboxes. And then people would tell me that's illegal, And I'm like, okay, so then I would do this thing where I got a little rock, and I'd like set it in front of their door with the rock on it, you know, I hustled, and I stuck with it. And they say that after I was so sunburned, when I had my grand opening, I mean, I just looked like a strawberry, it was ridiculous. And it was seriously from starting at, you know, oh, dark 30, and then just being like, I'm going to hit the streets. Because I didn't have, you know, um, when you have, if you've ever done in the past, it doesn't, we won't, we don't really do magazines or newspapers anymore, but like one fourth of the page was like $800. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't have all that kind of, um, marketing money, um, to, you know, and then send out flyers, uh, through the post office was like $3,000. And I was like, I don't have that. So I'm just going to have to hustle for it. And fortunately, I opened my studio in the very same city that I grew up in. So I had teachers and counselors and coaches that signed up right away, probably just to help me out at that time. But then it felt like I was giving back to the same community and people that helped me evolve to be who I was. So I just have a very diverse community that I live in that has like super supported me. And I'm changing people's lives and helping improve their quality of life every day. And um, you know, I see pop-up gyms all the time, but it's a lot of hard work. Like I work from sunup to sundown every day. I work seven days a week, and you can t- I can tell myself that, um, you know, it's that all-or-nothing mentality. So that's what I put into my business and helping people too. And they say, you know, after you make it past five years, you know, you've real, you've done it. So I've been here for 11 years now. So um, having my own spot is like, it's crazy hard. And I've never even, I've never hired someone to help me um, or to take on other clients because it's not their vision. It's not their passion and it's not their dream. And I don't know what there's some people in this fitness industry who are so flaky and unreliable. And it's like, if you signed up for training for three months and you're a trainer at my gym, and then all of a sudden two weeks later, you're like, Oh, I'm going to go back to school or whatever. And I just spent all this time training you, showing you the ropes and then you quit. Well, now I have someone that I need trained for three months. So I can't have that. And when I did think about having someone you know, have like a male trainer, um, cause that might bring more business. You know, um, some people want a male trainer. I interviewed and like one person showed up in flip flops. Um, one person said, you know, um, well, I'm not willing to, you know, how many clients are you gonna give me at first? And I'm like, well, we have to like market and you have to kind of hustle with hustle yourself, yeah. you know, and that it just wasn't there. And so, um, I felt like, I, I can't do it. I just need so. I, and then the whole thing about having a business partner. Okay. That just, I've heard horrible, horrible things about that. So I never wanted to do that. Um, so I do it myself. It's all or nothing and it's worked. So um, I love it. I love working hard. So I'm blessed.
1: Yeah, that was one of the things when I was um, once I finally got settled about uh when i finally got settled up around uh austin i started working in georgetown texas that was one of my things whereas i before business really took off i had, i was working the front desk at a gold's i was a bouncer bar back at a country dance hall and then i was also uh, a traveling salesman for a supplement company on top mm-hmm. of Taking, taking, on clients. And uh, you're so right. It's one of the things I'm sure Ryan can attest to it too, uh, with him starting by to buy it's, it's, it's no one else's vision, but yours. And no one's going to understand it completely like you do. And it's very, and you being at your spot for 11 years is huge. That is a big deal. And really congratulations. That's amazing. Thank Absolutely.
0: you. Yeah. I started my business right before the pandemic. So fourth uh, of July weekend 2019, I created a business that intended to elevate secondhand shopping. So, or the secondary market. So, buying off of Opera, Facebook Marketplace, all of those things, just to make it more safe, more secure. And six less than six months in, face-to-face contact went out the window. So, like I had to change my business model overnight. And I had a lease that was I was tied to for three years at three grand a month. So it was like that's just eating away at all of the money that I was bringing in as I was super busy, but I was still winding up in the black because or in the red because I wasn't be, I wasn't able to make up for the money that my initial business plan was drawn out to do. And so the money was spaced out and the marketing was all going right, and then lockdown. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that, that kind of thing. And when you brought up, you know, uh, just putting stuff in mailboxes, that seems like such a um, an innocent marketing tactic. And they're like, no, but you know, the powers that be want you to do it a specific way. So they get their cut. And so you've got to kind of understand that everything is going against you. Everything is going against you. And, um, and they say 90% of businesses that fail, fail because of rent. And so I had to, I had to hustle to get myself just to get out of that contract. And then as soon as I did, I landed my biggest, um, partnership and then my business took an entirely different direction. So, um, and just like, Literally today, we're talking to you, and you—you uh, you got a full ride scholarship playing basketball, correct? Yeah. Where I—I I saw that you said it was in Denver. What college was it?
2: It was at Metro State, so it's like right in downtown Denver, right across the street from where the Nuggets play, Pepsi Center. It's
0: nice. Pretty cool. So, how much um, is basketball still a part of your life?
2: Well, in the respect that my dad is the winningest coach in California high school history for boys. So, um, my pugs names are Steve Nash and Scotty Pippen. Um, That's dope. so it's a, it's, a, <laughs> you know, it's part of my life. I grew up, you know, uh, and it was my escape from my mom's addiction, right? Like I threw myself into basketball in school because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be in the house when all that stuff was taking place. But anyway, um, I, there's a, in natural bodybuilding, they have different categories. And one of the categories is sports model. And so you do a little sports routine and then you get to like, show your talent. And that's where I really incorporate basketball. And I do, you know, little dribbling tricks, kind of like Harlem Globetrotter style. And uh, so, you know, and then, I have to admit, I don't watch it a whole lot on TV anymore just because I'm at the studio all the time. The games are on, um, and I don't get home to see them. Um, And, you know, but I I love it. I have a passion for it. Um, I grew up a huge Lakers fan, Clippers too. Um, And, I mean, there was a a point in my life where, again, that all or nothing, and it was all basketball. So I kind of switched from – you know, so it's like I'm an athlete, so I kind of switch from basketball to bodybuilding and still being on that, um, having that competitiveness and being on a stage and performing in front of other people, and that's what I like to do, so.
0: How long have you been competing, um, bodybuilding-wise?
2: Let's see. Um, my first show was, let's well, twenty 2017.
0: I seen your on your website. It was like the the 2021 list of achievements. It's too much to read. Like I can't fit <laughs> everything in one page. And then 2022, it says and still counting. So um, yeah, yeah. Jake, he sent me a message before we started this. He goes, uh, I think she's pretty legit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, so yeah. being in California, I, what being is a the Lakers fan
2: amazing. I mean, I've been able to go around the world with it. And it really was something that was honestly like a New Year's resolution because all of my clients were like how come, you know, you don't you don't do bodybuilding and you're like so fit. And I was just like, well, it's not really something that I think I should do. And to be true, truth be told, it was because I didn't know that natural bodybuilding existed. I only knew that Um, the other kind and Mm -hmm. having an addictive personality, I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to go there because when I worked at a corporate gym, I fell into that trap and I was totally about like taking fat burners. And I was, I mean, I got to a point where I was like, I had a a purse that I carried around with like pills in it because that's, you know, I was so, and so I knew, okay, I don't want to go there. Um, but when a friend said, you know, there's such thing as natural bodybuilding, I said, really? Well, maybe maybe I should try that out. I signed up in December as, you know, the New Year's resolution, did my first show in March, got my pro card right away. And then it was just so it was kind of something that I fell into. I mean, yeah, my first show, Novice, I had no idea what I was doing. But by my second show, I had won first place. So um, it, it's it's really just I have put... A lot into it and i play to win so i work really hard for it just like i did with basketball so it really feels um it's like nostalgic to be able to perform in front of people again and, and my mom she was a world champion baton twirler and so i think i get a lot of like the stage um and glam from her so i got like all of her best qualities um where you know, you do something and you do it to the best of your ability. Right.
1: Which, uh, which federation are you, are you in, or do you jump around the natural bodybuilding federations?
2: Well, I've done several, a lot of it's really just based upon location, um, because San Diego doesn't have a lot of natural shows. So I always have to travel. So I've done AAU, which is in, um, uh, that's in Las Vegas, and I've had a lot of success there and um, then um I've done i c n which that's where I've gone international and then I do i p l and so right now i do i p l um in the in the states and then in um may, i'm gonna go to France with i c n so that's I'm pretty awesome. loyal to, I'm pretty loyal to um to those three. Um, it's just based upon kind of like time of the year and location because no matter what I do, I basically have to travel
1: it makes sense i i, I went through um the FitOps foundation and they part of that course was they took us uh behind the behind the scenes at an n p c because two of the two of the people that were helping run the camp were big time coaches and um his wife was at the time was a women's physique pro kind of thing so we got to see how that kind of worked and then i was like i'm gonna do they were running a show out of beaumont texas and i was like i'm gonna do that show and so uh-huh. um see I, I i could never claim to be a natural athlete ever again but my first my first two competitions i did i did on nothing that was amazing but it was uh-huh. i i thought i thought it was very important it's something that i preach about a lot i do another show called uh for the love of fit but it's something i preach about a lot i think um before you make that choice to step into peds you really need to know what your body can do with food because uh-huh. if if you so choose to step into the realm of messing with your hormones you need to know where, where you are all the way before you a little octane in your gas and uh so even when i did get on on some stuff i was minuscule amounts and i blew up it was awesome (laughs) but but uh i've i've you know i've stepped down now i'm off i don't take anything else i'm back to just lifting for fun and being a squishy dad it's pretty rad yeah
2: and and going back to what you said earlier i think that when you do take those PEDs, you could th- that's where a lot of the body dysmorphia can come mm-hmm. into play too. When you cycle on and off of those, um, you know, it doesn't take much for me to get stage ready because I'm clean eating and training hard all the time. But if I were to cycle, um, I think you know, especially with women once you fill out with this muscularity on something like that, and then you step away from them for a month or two or however long you do, um, you're still kind of big, but you just look big, not muscular anymore. Right. And that that would really play with my head. Um, And I don't think that, I just think that I would really go into a dark place if I did that.
1: No, and I, I see that a lot. Unfortunately, there's a, there's a lot of women that were friends of mine for a long time that are in the fitness industry that aren't. They're not right, especially after they come off things, because a lot of times they end up listening to, uh, you know, local gym Bob that has his secret bag with him in the gym, and they, they end up taking stuff that no woman should ever touch, kind of thing. And then now they're now their thyroids don't work, and they you know early onset menopause and voice changes yeah. and, you know, and I, I, um, with the women I coach, even if, if a woman ever brings it up to me, I, I say no right away. Mm-hmm. I don't, um, because first off, I'm not, I'm not your doctor. <laughs> don't, don't bring that to me. Cause that's, you know, you're not, not putting that on me, but you know, I don't, I don't understand how people who are not educated all the way, can uh knowingly probably ruin a woman's future um i know women that are pros that were stellar looked great but they weren't cycled off stuff right they weren't they weren't even like reverse dieted out of a crazy peak week and just you know
2: right.
1: see you later um and and, it hurt, and as it much hurts, as i know
2: As much as I know medically about all of it with my education, I could probably do the scared straight tactic to someone if they, you know, approach me because, and especially for men, um, you know, in terms of like testosterone, if you start taking that, you know, that you will not be able to produce it at all yourself eventually. So once you stop, you, you, I mean, that's the same for women. Once you stop, there's, there's going to be problems. Um yeah and that's you know but i I mean that's even true for like just regular dieting when you do these like crazy extreme diets um once you stop like one time I was a weight loss counselor for uh when I was in the corporate days, and I had to hustle and i had I was a weight loss counselor, a personal trainer, group exercise instructor, all these things because I was making minimum wage um you know one of the diets was like you can't have um you can't have fruit anymore. You can't, you know, and it was like, um, you could only have a certain amount of calories and it wasn't even enough to, um, you didn't, you weren't supposed to exercise on it. And so I'm supposed to like counsel someone when they come in, like, Oh, I have a headache. Well, that's because you're hungry, but you can have a piece of celery. Like that's not healthy. So what happens is that once you start introducing fruit again, like, of course, you're going to start gaining weight again. And exercise doesn't always offset it just like you think that it would. We all know that. Like, if we could burn off a Snickers bar with one bat on the treadmill, I mean, this life would be completely different. It doesn't work that way. And so that's, again, where I just revert back to lifestyle change. And just this evening with my clients, um, one of them um tomorrow's like will be this it will be like our 6 year anniversary he's been training with me and he's no longer on high blood pressure medication and so forth and um he you know i really said you know it's about lifestyle change that you're going to go up and down because there's going to be things that occur in your life that maybe you turn to food for or maybe you take a pause in um your regular exercise routine But if you stick with me and the lifestyle change, you'll always be better than the day you walked into my door. So that's what I really want people to know is that you look at day one, you look at six years later, I mean, your reflection in the mirror has entirely changed. Your internal health has completely changed. So I don't, you know, it's not this like you work out with me for two months and then I'm going to do it on my own. And then you don't. And then you come back. So no, it's about like consistency. And I'm like all about loyalty and sticking with it. And, um, I become, like I said, connected and part of your life. And, um, so I really, I really feel like it's, that's where that kind of like lifestyle coach part comes in. Um, so that's what I that's what I enjoy the most. And so for that reason, I mean, I can prepare someone for a show. I could help you with your posing. Of course, I could do all those things. I know exactly what to do. But it's not where I like to train.
1: Yeah, when I was when I was in person, when I was uh, working in the gyms, I w- like that was more of my my mindset. I used to love taking on the people that were scared, scared. Of, you know, that was uh, it's like oh come on, no, we'll get you, we'll get you right where you need to go. Like what i used mm-hmm. to tell people all the time, what i used to tell people all the time was i want to work myself out of a job but you know i want i want you to be so comfortable that you don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. and i had great success with that but uh, ever since i uh moved out to arizona I've, I've really been more focused um online with uh bodybuilding athletes mm-hmm. because you know that they're going to go and do the work for the most part and you can tell if they're not so mm-hmm. Um that yeah, I miss I miss the in-person stuff and getting people that you know used to be scared of scared of doing a bodyweight squat and to doing barbell squats and things like that. And like see, so, you know, like you had it in your kind of stuff. Like I like I miss that. I miss that a lot. But um uh-huh. Yeah, it's good times. <laughs> like like well, yeah, like when you when you can invisible when you can watch someone all of a sudden have a confidence that they didn't have when you first met them, it, it, it makes you feel like everything that you've done is worth it.
2: Hmm.
0: I agree. My there it is. So you have there is. books that we have lined up at the bottom of, uh, of your shot here. Um, and Jake said you have two more on the way.
2: Yeah. So I, okay. So during COVID when. My gym was shut down and my mental health was like just a mess. Um, One of the things that I decided to do was write a book and I was going to write the story about my mother and I. So that's the first book called Biceps and Butterflies. And it's a memoir to her. So I believe that a butterfly is the spirit of my mother and um, that you can transform your addiction and um, overcome being powerless to it. So I started with that. And then it was like, okay, I want to break down barriers and stereotypes when it comes to addiction. That through our shared stories and experiences, we can open up, and people who were, you know, too embarrassed or ashamed can seek help when we break down those barriers. And so then I wrote an addict's flight, and that's where. And she's—they all have that butterfly theme in them. And that's where I interviewed 10 different types of addicts from heroin, crack cocaine, um, gaming, sex, all of them, and how their stories connected and that you can be addicted to anything, but we all have these common traits. And through our shared experiences, we might seek help um, that we wouldn't have because we were too uncomfortable to um, admit that we had become you know, to this life that we succumb to. And then um, the next one was weighted wings. And that's the one with that rad wig that I'm wearing. And that's about (laughs) weighted wings is all about um, American food culture. And so I interviewed different people who had done like keto, paleo. um, And then I also interviewed people who had um, eating disorders. So anorexia, bulimia. Um, Then I also interviewed people who had done weight loss surgery, Um, you know, the gastric, the sleeve. So all of the commonalities equate to food being a drug. And again, breaking down those barriers. And the last book is uh, Working Out of My Cocoon. And that's where I just wrote, I wrote 55 poems because my mom passed away at age 55. And it's just. Um, a lot of it has to do with addiction and life. And um, and then all of a sudden, a publisher contacted me and wanted me to write those two books about metabolism. And so those have over 100 recipes in them. That was quite the task. And um, I just talk about how you can change your metabolism and what you can do to improve it in both of those books. One has more of the like meat-eater vibe and the other one has more of the vegan vegetarian vibe um, to satisfy both audiences. Um, and then I did my doctorate and all of a sudden an academic uh, publisher contacted me and said, we want to publish a research. And I said, okay, well that's great, but I felt like, how are you going to make that into an entire book? And she's like, well, do you think that you could add more to it? And that's where I was like, okay, what can I do with all of this time and effort and energy I've done? And that's where I came up with the fit pace method. So it will be um, in an academic textbook actually to be taught to others. And then all of a sudden, because I can't do anything in moderation, I was like, okay, I have an itch to write again. And I decided to do a children's book and that's gonna be released. It's in print right now, so sometime soon. And it's about a pug who becomes a bodybuilder and the butterfly is the coach and it's super cute. Um, So it's the story of my coach and I, and so I'm the pug and my coach is the butterfly and um, it's called Nelly Pug Grows Muscles and Nelly is my coach's mom's name. So I kind of like tied it into honoring my mom at the same time. So that's what I got going on there. And then um, the latest and greatest would be, I've got all of these things, right? And my passion is to help persons in recovery. But it's like, you could see, okay, there's the app and then there's the books. And I'm like, I there's something, how can I just like put it all together? And so I was praying for guidance and direction and what do I do? And I am developing a program that I'm calling spread your wings and it will include the app and my books. And what I'm going to do is kind of put like, it's a curriculum I put together of activities. So I'm going to, I haven't done this yet. So I'm putting it together now. So this is a good way to pump it. I guess I'm going to go to women. I'm going to start with women's um, because the butterfly thing, I feel like that's going to be a little bit more connected there. And I'm going to go to women's recovery centers and try to um, sell that curriculum and activity as just a full package to the recovery center. And then there can be different levels, like where if you want me to come speak, or if you want to have FaceTime interaction with me, you can do that. So that's the latest and greatest, which I feel like I feel like some direction. Like I felt like I've got a lot of things going on, but this is kind of like putting it all together. And when you've worked so hard, this really feels right. And um, I'm really excited about it. Like, so I'm going to put it all, the app and the books on a tablet, and then you have a workbook and it's like, bam, this is what you can do while you're in recovery.
0: Fucking dope. (laughs) Dope, real dope
1: yeah i like that a lot i
0: I personally don't have any substance abuse issues i mean i'm a comfort eater so an addiction that i have is with food so um i'm just excited to look at the uh the the cookbooks the i mean me and my wife it's you know it's the trope it's what are we having for dinner tonight and then it's this that this that this that so it's like we have these cookbooks that are just chilling in the house. Don't use them. So,
2: well, what's I mean? What's really rad about the cookbooks is that it gives you a shopping list, and the way that you follow the meal plan is totally incorporating leftovers, and yeah. so it's kind of like it's all boom, like right there. You shop, and it, it gives you like a week's worth of things to do. So it's not making it. Um, A lot of people get stifled before they even start because it's like this whole meal prep thing. And it's like really just asking you to cook a a couple things, then you kind of incorporate it into breakfast, lunch, and dinner throughout the week. So it's not this, and like the shopping list is right there. And even with that, it's like when I ask you to buy, I don't know, like paprika, right? That paprika isn't just this like one and done thing. It like applies to all the things. So it's like, you're not over shopping and wasting money. Um, That's what I think is really cool about it to show that it's actually a lot easier than I think a lot of people overanalyze meal prep. And it's like, you don't have to do that. And you can cook for like, a, you know, like a week at a time. It's not, you're not going to like get E. coli, I promise So, uh, you know, it's like, it's crazy. But yeah, I mean, how many people are thinking about what they're going to have for dinner on their drive home from work? And that's where you really mess up because it's like you're tired. You're like ready to just chill out. Um, And you do what's fast, convenient and easy. And then you'll try to fool yourself and say that, oh, you're making healthier choices by going to Subway instead of McDonald's, but that, you know, you're, you're fooling yourself. Right, so you gotta make your own food. That's the best way.
1: I like that a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it love
1: yeah, it i yeah, I'm not a big life doesn't have to be complicated. It's only Mm-mm. as complicated as you make it.
2: This is true
1: what's well, so uh i was uh I really liked uh. Stan Efferding's, when he put together that, uh, that vertical diet book. I actually, uh, I actually read the book rather than just going through it. And, um, that's a lot of that is it's, it's food based on its, uh, bioavailability.
2: Hmm.
1: And like, so it's not like, um, you're not just shoveling a bunch of stuff in and hoping that some of it sticks. It's, it's more of, um uh, how to eat, how to, how what to eat that your body will actually use, then, right? Then you have to figure out what's what's best for you. Because um I don't know if you're running this to a lot, but uh, a lot of people assume that uh, well, that I guess the most trendy one now is keto. It's like you have to be keto to do anything.
2: So, mm-hmm.
1: No, no, you you have to figure out which works best for you and your lifestyle and your goals that you're you're working towards. It, and um so how do, how do you approach that with your with your clients? How do you with their like specific needs and finding a finding a meal plan that really works for them?
2: Well, when a person starts with me, I definitely ask what's I'm going to help you with nutrition. Do you want a guideline? to where you can, you know, still go out and say, this is similar to what Megan, you know, has told me to eat and kind of just, it's a guide, right? It's a tool. Do you want to log your food in like MyFitnessPal or something and I check it and keep you accountable? Do you want something where you weigh and measure your food? Like bodybuilder style, you know, you you follow the plan, you eat like the same few things over and over. That works for some people because they just buy in bulk, and then you know, it's it's easier for them. And then I say, Do you like to cook? Do you want to still eat really healthy and achieve your goals? And I know you have a family and relationship, then here's the cookbooks. So I, I say what will work best for you at this point in time. And I say, in 30 days, I'm going to ask you this question again. And you might need to reevaluate. You might need me to hold your hand a little bit more. You might need me to say, okay, I know how I can eyeball and I know what four ounces is now. So when I go out and eat and I can make better choices and I feel like, and that's the thing, it's like eventually with the food part is that I want you to be able to wean off of me having to say, eat this, eat that. But because you learn and now it's like, you know, and you have to be able to make a lifestyle change and understand that there's going to be holidays, there's going to be parties, events and occasions because our culture uses food as celebration and we emotionally eat, but that, you know, you have a foundation and groundwork that you can always go back to um, when those, you know, time period pass. And if you need me to hold your hand again, I'll do it. So it's like the relationship with food is the most complicated part for any person, even myself. Um, our, our gut is our second brain, right? Our serotonin is in our gut and our belly. So when we feel depressed, it's that gut telling our brain we need, you know, whatever, carbs, sugar, salt. And um, eventually you learn to suppress those triggers um, and just pause and you work through
1: it i love it all right so you're obviously educated and a practitioner of multiple a vast array of exercise and fitness Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if you could if you could do one forever what would it be you yourself
2: uh probably senior fitness i love working with seniors
1: I was, I was talking about you. Like, for like, oh, for you. how would how would you train forever? If
2: well, I'm not following the question, I'm not going to be a bodybuilder forever. I know that there, because I'm all or nothing. There's going to be a hard stop someday. <laughs> but then it's like, what's going to replace the bodybuilding? You see, it's that mm-hmm. mindset. I got until that replacement comes. I'm not there yet. But. I teeter with like, I'm going to do like a hard stop. And there's going to be something that propels me to make a hard stop at bodybuilding. And it might be like, I'm turning 40, done, whatever it is. It's not going to be like, come out of retirement. That's just not how I roll. It's just like black and white. Um, you're
1: not going to Michael Jordan it?
2: No, no. See It's like Madonna. You just have to let it be like, have your glory days <sighs> and let it be.
1: <laughs> oh, Is you, that uh, you to bring that up? had to bring that up and hurt me had to hurt me like that on my I own like, show like,
2: I feel like like Conor McGregor stop, go out on top, stop, you know oh, man that kind of thing um but I love writing you know if i if I had to say like it would be amazing and kind of like you know God's gonna point me in whatever direction I'm supposed to take, but I really feel like um this spread your wings project could be something that like if it's you know i hope that it's prosperous and successful but i really hope it helps people and that might allow me to have some like um passive income and then i could make different choices in how i spend my time
0: you said that very quietly like both <laughs> income is active right now i know <laughs> we would
2: all like some passive income come on
0: no doubt no doubt so you're in California. You're big into basketball. Um, LeBron just over superseded Kareem for an all time leading score. Do you have any uh any stake in the Jordan versus LeBron debate?
2: Oh hmm. gosh. Well, my husband is a huge Michael Jordan fan. We had a we had a pug named Phil Jackson and we had a pug named Jordan or another dog named Jordan. So nice. Um I, different time, different, uh, players you were playing against, um, different style of basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I I think it can be a little bit of apples and oranges. Like when you're saying, you know, who Kareem was playing against compared to now, it's just, it's different. Um, but it doesn't take away from their greatness and them being on icons um i just think that it's like comparing like Billie jean king to like serena williams it's like a different time and place right. i kind of feel like it doesn't you, you can't they're in their own time period um and just the way like i mean I don't even I mean, like the human body has changed. I mean, look at LeBron, geez.
0: He's a he And then a,
2: you know, you know, you look I mean, he's a beast. Yeah. And Jordan and them weren't they weren't I don't think they were lifting and doing some of the things that they do now um that are a little bit different. I think it was just remember, sheer athleticism. I think it's sheer. I remember talent. they made a
1: big deal. I remember they made a big deal about Carl Malone lifting weights. Mm-hmm. He was he was like, one of like, like the first uh, basketball players to do it.
2: Like Dirk Nowitzki refused to do strength training. He only did, and so I started doing this because he was a great shooter. He only did—he'd go on his fingertips and go against the wall and do push-ups. He would only do fingertip push-ups. That's it. Wow. But you know what? Kobe, I got from Kobe was he actually did lift weights and he lifted before games, Oof. and he swore that he swore that improved his shot. Man, once I started doing that, I have the 3 point record at my high school, free throw record at my high school and college. I got I mean my shooting game. I believe in it. I believe you'll pump pump before the game. It really pays off. Nice. I mean, the ball, the ball feels like a tennis ball. It's just it's like nothing. Mm. Nice.
0: <laughs> I I I did a post. Uh, I'm a big Jordan fan. I grew up. I'll, I'll turn 40 this year. Uh, I watched Michael and the Bulls for all six championships, blah, blah, blah. And I made a little post um, at the end of last month that has caught fire. And as of this recording, it might hit a million views. So um, it's, going, <laughs> it's going bonkers. And I just did a simple comparison. I just used an A and B of LeBron flopping all over the floor because of the foul. that didn't get called. And then I just inputted, uh, I, I, I edited a little snippet from The Last Dance of Michael when uh, Gary Payton is talking trash about him, and it just layers on top of it perfectly. And so it's very interesting to hear the dynamic of one loyalty for either LeBron or MJ fans, and then people like you who have that opinion that's in between that is a uh, is able to respect and appreciate their greatness for the the you know the generation that they were part of um but but to your point i don't remember athletes especially in basketball talking about sports science until very recently Mm -hmm. so and if you watch the last dance when michael was Um,
2: yeah that like saved my life during covid every sunday
0: (laughs) exactly (laughs) and so like you just you see them uh and when michael was filming space jam And they had to build Mm -hmm. a court for him. And you see the the weightlifting equipment. It's stuff that you'll find in like the YMCA now. Like it's not high tech. It's not breathing machines, them hooked up to. Mm -hmm. There's no analytics when it comes to sports science back in his day. And LeBron ushered all that in. So to your point, like they're they're different people. And his body responded. I mean, MJ didn't get big until 96 because he had to because he got beat up by detroit and and uh in the Celtics,
1: <laughs> but lebron
0: came lebron came into the league a monster. so it's like yeah I, as much as i hate hearing people talk about it like i feel i guess i feel that conversation but
1: no, uh, one's, no one's no no one's ready to talk about how larry bird is truly the goat but we don't want to even get into that
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's from san diego <laughs>
0: I grew up in Terre Haute, Indiana, where he played college ball, and he's got a a statue of him out there now.
2: Wait, no, he's not San Diego, I'm thinking Bill Walton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, Larry Bird rolled off the farm, so I guess I'll just shoot these shots, I got my solid Mm -hmm. fundamentals, here it comes. (laughs) Hey, hey, come on, guy.
0: So what's the ETA on the uh, on the package with the the book or with the app and with the uh, um, the new information what's the ETA on that on that release
2: so um, I just finished the workbook component and I just got um a tablet to do like a demo where all I have to do now is download the app and put the books on it and then um honestly it's kind of It's the marketing part, like, how do I tap into so any of the like local county or state run um, recovery centers don't have a budget for something like that, but private do. And there are plenty of places between, you know, Orange County, Del Mar, all of those places around here, but all throughout the United States that have a budget for things like that, like some of them have personal trainers. So. How do I reach this market? That's where it's gonna be like, I'm probably gonna have to do the old, like just hit it hard, cold call, call them up. I did one just for the heck of it. And I called up and I, you know, obviously it's like the receptionist um, answering. And I said, you know, I don't really know if I'm who to speak to about this, but I've got this uh, program that I'd like to present to, your facility. I really think that it will benefit all of the um, patients that you have. And I just gave her like a synopsis of it. And she's like, oh, wow, that sounds really great. So I'm just going to give you the, the number to the corporate office. And they make all the decisions with what we do with the budget. And she's like, you know what, though, they'll totally respond to an email much better. And this was like so nice of her. And so she gave me the email. And then I went, okay, so what do I email them? And that's where I was like, okay, so now I got to like make it. Now I got to put it together because if they were like, okay, let's meet on Friday. I'm like, Oh God, what do I, you know? So now I'm like, okay, now I have the tangible tool to like bring and show and um, step my game up. And I'm not scared. I mean, what's the worst thing I can say? No. I mean, I've already paid for the app. I've already paid all this money for the books I've written and everything. And now it's putting it to use. And now it's like reaching the population I want to reach. Um, so there's really no no risk involved because if you say no, then I'll just move on to the next one.
0: That's great. Well you let us know when, when that day comes because I'm one, I'm excited to see what it what it does look like. Um my father is currently working on a timing app for um he works with um veterans and ex athletes um as seniors. And so All he does is take care of folks and he has elevated himself um, to uh, the position that he's at currently and everybody just marvels at how efficient he is. And he's like, I use timers. And so then he just, he like reached out to this other app developer whose timers he used and he was like, how do I get access to this or whatever? And they just basically were like, we're done with this. Do with it what you will. (laughs) So that was the inspiration to be like, oh, okay, so... It's possible. They just don't need it for what, for his niche. And so Mm -hmm. like you just need to find your niche and you found it Mm -hmm. going to those facilities and and just getting your pitch pitch deck ready to where you make it sound as good as it, as it comes across as good as I hear it anyway. um, And just get it to where it's, it's, it's easy for them to understand. And then Mm
1: -hmm.
0: again, just have, and, and if it's not them with private, you can go to the government and get grant money. So there are multiple avenues that you can make that work, but I'm looking forward to myself. Well, thank you. So we are just now past an hour and uh, this is usually where we cut it off because we like to appreciate our guests time. So uh,
2: Megan,
0: I'm hungry. (laughs) Uh, So thank you very much for your time. Um, Is there anything uh, that you'd like to let the people know Um, your hand, your social media handles, your website, all that stuff, let them know where they can reach you.
2: Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Uh, Dr. Megan underscore everybody's fit. My website is everybody's fit, And that has links to everything, my app, uh, my books, and I'm able to reach any audience. So you can train with me online or in person. So I'm available to help you and like i say i work with all levels all ages all abilities and i also have my youtube channel which you can um it's called fit life everybody's fit and you can find me on there and i have tons of videos from exercise demonstrations to wellness tips to even pug workout videos so there's lots about me you can have all these resources for and hopefully i'll be able to help even some of you who are listening today
1: there you go thank you so much i I really do appreciate your time and thank you and really sharing your expertise on stuff i found this conversation really enlightening It really helped a lot
2: good i like what you guys are doing you got a good thing going on
1: appreciate that thank you so much all right have a good night ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to the sober Swole podcast bye It's Warhorse! Do you want your workouts to look like this? Or do you want your workouts to slay? When Warhorse picks his pre workout, he wants it to slay! If you want second place, go with somebody else! If you want to be a champion, go with Royalty Nutrition!